Hey everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Thursday, right? Wednesday, yeah, Thursday. Thursday. I'm a pro. That's why we don't go live. Nope. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers are playing the Pelicans tonight in the big semifinal in the in-season tournament. It's LeBron versus Zion, AD versus Ingram. Who's going to win? We'll talk about it with Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans next. You are Locked On Lakers, your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers the first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. This one's always free. It will never be behind a paywall. Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where 22,000 subscribers are hanging out, talking about tonight's game in Vegas. Lakers versus Pelicans is a, an intriguing game under any circumstances, even more so uh, given the stakes of a suddenly Super popular in-season tournament. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. I mentioned before our guest today is uh, Jake Madison, host of Locked on Pelicans. We want to thank him for, for joining. And, of course, thank any Pelicans fans who have sort of managed to accidentally, I suppose, wander over to our show because apparently Jake doesn't need this for his actual content. I was, uh, was going to say, I'm your guest here. Right. I mean, he on, just on this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I understand. You guys are big time now. You make one in season tournament semifinal, and suddenly the bright lights get you. I understand how this goes, Jake. Um, yeah, you know, we got to act like we've been here before, basically. <laughs> well, technically, nobody has, so it's okay. Yeah, all, all jokes aside with this, Jake, like, I get a sense that there are a lot of fans around the league, media around the league, who have kind of begrudgingly acknowledged that this is fun. It does feel like the intensity is ratcheting up and – whether they just want to roll with it or they have to sort of like begrudgingly go there, that it is exciting. Are you getting a sense on the Pelican side that this is something they're getting into? Because like, I think Laker fans are liking this, but without trying to make this haves or have nots, like the Laker history is by any objective measure, <laughs> a, little, Rich. a little richer than the Pelicans. No disrespect. I mean, right. I, I'm not trying to make it a dig. I just, no, I mean, I, to, to I couldn't I stop get, myself once I started. I get the sense though, Jake, that it's, it's almost more, it feels like it's been more important to teams like the Pelicans, not because, you know, no history, whatever, but like small market and nobody pays attention to what is happening there. So like, the platforming here feels like a really big deal for the Pelicans. So you, you make a great point there. And that's something that I brought up on Lockdown NBA a lot because I'm on there every Wednesday. And we we've been talking about this the past couple of weeks, right? Like, look, look at a team like the Indiana Pacers where Tyrese Halliburton has openly spoken about how he wants to win this, how he's like, this is the biggest game that I've ever played in in my life in the NBA. He's never made the playoffs until Monday night. He had never been on a TNT game 
right? Like that's a burgeoning star who had never gotten on a national stage to like showcase his talent. Then he goes and does that and puts up his first career triple double, right? Like I think they like it. That was you his get a first team. career triple first double. First career triple double, first time on national TV for him, right? Like that was a big deal for him. So I think all, you're getting a lot of these players, particularly in small markets, buying in a little bit because of they're getting some exposure they wouldn't get otherwise. I think the Pacers only have one other TNT game this season, right? Like so he literally doubled tripled potentially how many like national tv games he gets to showcase and kind of like build his brand build his star so all of this like does matter right lebron has even said like <laughs> you know we're competitive like once the players bought into this you realize this was going to be pretty fun because you didn't get them load managing guys on a tuesday night in november which seems like prime you know prime load management time i like the courts i think they look dumb but they're kind of fun like having been in the smoothie king center you know for these pelicans games like fans just get that something's different and that just creates a little bit more of an electric i think atmosphere in all of these arenas so i think this has been a big success we would be doing a crossover show right now well technically i wouldn't be a guest on your show right now I, I, in your mind you're not doing a crossover show anyway so. <laughs> exactly we just took the time to put together a background and all that for you, but that's okay. You do with whatever the content, whatever you want. Um, I have, I have a hypothesis. So, you know, Andy and I have, you know, when we were talking about the Western conference, we can get into this and carry it over to the next segment. When you, when you look at teams that were sort of set to make the Memphis leap that Memphis made last year, like, you know, you know, fringy to, you know, two seed or something like that. Well, frankly, the Pelicans might've been, had they not been so injured. Well, that's what yeah. I'm kind of getting to is, you know, I think a lot of people had high hopes for the Pelicans and then kind of forgot about them because of the injuries and they happened so early. This year, I don't know if they got that same level of love. And it has been so, you know, it's been a long time coming for guys to get back. We spent a lot of time talking about injuries and when will this guy return? God knows the, the Pelicans, you guys have been doing the same thing. Like as soon as this guy gets back, are, are the Pelicans kind of a sleeper team that at least – for the games that everybody is healthy are capable of being a top two, three, four team in the West. Yeah. Like maybe I'd say on a small scale. Yes. In a situation like this, like absolutely. Right. You're not playing a seven game playoff series where the better teams more likely than not going to end up winning out. But in a one game elimination situation, you could have something fluky happen or just have a star or two in Zion Williamson and Brain Ingram go off. And that's going to be enough to carry you to a victory here, I think. So they're kind of built for a situation like this where there's maybe like a little bit more chaos, where maybe there aren't certain scouting reports out on this team because they haven't been healthy. So you don't necessarily know what to prepare for, right? They've been starting at times a rookie in Jordan Hawkins who isn't necessarily going to be widely known throughout the league. Trey Murphy just made his return from injury a, like a week ago, right? Is he on the scouting reports? That's going to help you in an elimination game situation like this, I think. And that's kind of what makes them a little bit scary for the in-season tournament right now, I think. And that's what kind of makes this so much fun that if you're this team, hey, you can kind of like get back to the level that you think you should have been on because, Andy, you made that point, right? Like, this was supposed to be the team that was going to be that young team that takes the leap behind their stars never did because of injuries well they're healthy now if you win this whole thing where does that put you and how much confidence does that add to this team going forward throughout the rest of the regular season i mean like along those lines really quick before we break the the version of the pelicans that beat 
the Kings 127-117 in Sacramento to advance to this stage. Um, it's pretty much all hands on deck, I think, or at least most hands on deck is kind of like the way the Lakers are with Gabe Vincent. At this mm-hmm. point, you're just – this is who the team is because we have no idea when Vincent will be back. Do you feel like that version that that beat the Kings is actually pretty indicative of who they are at the moment, or is the sample size too small to know? Let me let that just so Lakers fans understand that's that the, the starting lineup in that game was Zion, Ingram, uh, Herb Jones, Valanchunas, and McCollum, with Murphy coming off the bench, Alvarado healthy again, Najee Marshall. Um, again, and, and I guess Dyson Daniels. That was basically goal. it. That was They ran more yeah. or less an eight-man rotation, right? Dyson got one stint in there. Cody Zeller got one stint in there. You know, I think they'll run that same rotation again. Maybe you see a guy like Jordan Hawkins get some minutes if they need more shooting. That was a little bit of a shock. But I'd say this to answer uh, your question, Andy. Like, No, I don't, I don't know if that game's indicative of this team yet. Maybe in terms of the rotation, yeah. But Zion scored 10 points and looked weirdly like not interested in that game for whatever reason to the point where Charles Barkley was like talking about him after the game, right? They won that game on the road with Brandon Ingram having a superstar like game, but got virtually nothing from Zion. If they can get something from Zion, they could win that game by 15 points potentially. I'm just, I'm, I'm super intrigued by the talent of this team and what they could be because we've seen so little of Zion as the centerpiece of a team. Um, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about matchups to watch for uh, and and all sorts of other stuff coming up next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel, and you can celebrate this NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets back with any winning $5 money line bet. So just pick a team. Don't worry about the spread. Bet five bucks if you win. That's 150 bucks with bonus bets. And you can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, futures, all sorts of fun stuff. The app is really easy to use. All the options right there at your fingertips. And of course, there are NBA options for you to bet on as well. The Lakers are currently 21 to 1 to win the NBA championship. Pelicans 55 to 1. The Lakers, one and a half point favorites for tonight's semifinals game against the Pelicans. Anthony Davis. Currently 75 to 1 for MVP. LeBron 100 to 1. Same with Zion. Brandon Ingram 350 to 1 for MVP. Anthony Davis 6 to 1 for Defensive Player of the Year. Herb Jones 49 to 1. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on. Enjoy the NFL season. Enjoy sports with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Reminder, the Lakers play the Pelicans tonight at 6 p.m. Pacific time. The Lakers trying to punch their tickets to the finals in Vegas, the in-season tournament. Catch every basket of the Lakers hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Lakers. What What is the current opinion of Anthony Davis like in, in, in New Orleans? Has any, of that, has any of that softened or changed or anything like that? Has, has he thanked New Orleans on Instagram yet? Because until he does that, this it's not going to be a good reception for him here, right? Like re- they really should have rebranded this, not as a, just the semifinal to go to the finals of the in-season tournament, but this should determine who is legally 
allowed to be said is the winner of the Anthony Davis trade, right? Like this is the culmination of that. Like that statement, that phrase should be on the line here. Did the Lakers win it or did the Pelicans win it based off this game alone and not the title that the Lakers won with Anthony Davis? No, that was in the bubble. This, this isn't it doesn't in the count. There doesn't right? count. No, there's um, more distractions here in Vegas with everything. Andy, well, what, what matchups are you kind of looking at for this game? Because again, I am fascinated by this by this lineup the Pelicans are putting out. I'm expecting Cam Reddish to start on Brandon Ingram. And I'm really, really interested to see how that matchup goes. Because if it ends up a direct match on both sides of the ball, you know, Ingram, who is not, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Jake, either expected to have that type of defensive impact or folks have just sort of resigned themselves to the idea that what Ingram looks like on paper defensively isn't uh, who he is in actuality. But either way, Reddish is not a high-end defensive assignment, meaning he can really preserve all that energy for scoring, which makes him, a you know, he's a difficult cover under any circumstances. But for Cam Reddish, who's really... So far, you know, we're early into the season, but so far seems to be reinventing himself as this very effective, very disruptive defensive wing. You know, he really gave Devin Booker, you know, issues on certain possessions, but also he was frankly pissing him off. Like Devin Booker, by the end of that game, was ready to swing at Reddish. And, you know, as all of us people who've covered Brandon Ingram, we know he's somebody who's fine with the smoke. So I think this could be a really fun and important matchup. Yeah, look, he, he was the hero for the Pelicans in their win over the Kings, 30 points. He was great in that one, and he did it at all three levels, which we know he's capable of doing here. So trying to find a way to slow him down is key. You know, he was frustrated in the first half. They were playing him really, really physically. He thought he should have been going to the line way more than he did. And then that seemed to just kind of like wake him up and piss him off, frankly, and let him then just start attacking as you said he's fine with the smoke he kind of likes those kind of moments i think with everything you know putting reddish on him i also think means then what you're going to have lebron on zion to start would be my guess because that's what they've done in the past with him you know th these teams when they played in december of last year so about a year ago now you know Z that was the only time zion played the lakers last year lebron guarded him there was no ingram in that game so i think those are really like, those are the two key matchups to all of this right like if you can slow down both zion and bi or even limit one of them I think is how the Lakers are obviously looking to win the game. That's not like breaking news or, or anything here, or deep analysis, but you know, reddish with Ingram, if you can slow him down, that's big because there's ways to limit Zion by just walling off the rim. And when that happens, you need Ingram to have a big game to take that scoring load. Zion didn't get anything going against the Kings because they, again, build the wall around the rim and force him to do it. He can still score, but if he's limited, if BI is not stepping up or not effective, it just makes it even easier to contain Zion. Eventually, B.I. got hot and they started doubling him instead and it opened things up for Zion. So you need that like pressure release valve, essentially, whether that's going to be Ingram, whether it's going to be CJ. I'd even look at like Trey Murphy and Herb Jones capable of doing that here because Herb, known as a good defender, has been very good offensively for the team this year. So the Pelicans are going to need those other guys to really step up. But, you know, it's going to fall on Brandon Ingram's shoulders, certainly. Well, that was going to be my question is... Because you know, you say like they, they do seem like they have guys who can score. If you know, you know, I feel the same about the Lakers, by the way. Like, yeah, the, the knock on the Lakers is well, if AD or LeBron, you need both of those guys, and if they can't do it, then 
you know, there have probably been too many of those nights where it's been true. Like you shut down AD or LeBron, one of those guys has an off night and there isn't enough sporting cast, but you know, Delo's averaging about 17 points a game and Reeves has turned things around, you know, I think as, you know, more or less as a scorer and they've, you know, they've got guys who can, you know, maybe not all at once, but between the two, everybody picks up an extra four or five or six points. I feel like, especially if Jones is going to be a, a viable offensive player, um, you know, and he, he hasn't always been, that just changes the complexion of 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 this matchup. I want to ask you, what's the, what's up with Valanciunas? Because like I see him, you guys have seen those like those tweets or you know the 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 clips of that guy who like strips down to his underwear and holds axes and like goes, like big muscly guy and, like leaps into frozen nordic water like from like 150 feet that's every time i see that guy i think of valentunas like i'm not like that he's a slightly crazy large beard i you know but he's he, he's not talked about somebody as an effective center but he kind of is. And in yeah, this game, I think it'd be really important. He, he's bailed the team out in a, a couple of games so far this season. When you look at him, right, he's the fourth option on offense in that starting lineup with how Herb Jones has played offensively this season. You could argue the fifth. So he gets kind of forgotten about a lot. And what the Pelicans want to do defensively is switch on the perimeter. He can't really do that. So it sometimes limits his minutes. But when they play through him, the dude is effective. Like he can score at the basket. He's that big lumbering center that can throw his strength around, back guys down, score over him in a variety of different ways. And it opens things up when they get him the ball and kind of play him out of that like mid post area, it creates for others. And I would not be shocked if you see that, especially if it's gonna be a guy like Jackson Hayes guarding him a little bit, you know, he's going to try and take advantage of that matchup because I don't think Hayes is gonna be able to have the strength to hang right there. And that just opens things up more. Watch one thing you'll see them do though a lot is run a lot of dribble handoffs with through Jonas Valanciunas, particularly for Zion Williamson. Just that big body, right? Sticking the ball out. Zion curls around him, gets the ball. All of a sudden now that creates space and Zion is working downhill and that's how Zion can be his most effective. And if that's happening and they're walling off the rim, a shooter is going to be open, whether it's Herb Jones, CJ, Trey Murphy, someone like that. That's where a lot of this offense has been kind of built around. So even if it's not Valanciunas, scoring it's the way they're using him he's had a couple of games where he'll have four or five assists and they're basically all off of those simple dribble handoff actions creating some space just with his body like that it's effective it works so he's been really good for this team i think you know and even the backup cody zeller of all people has been like effective in limited minutes because they're just not asking that center spot to do too much and i think that works in the context and the flow of their offense right now but valentinus is also capable of getting you 30 points if they're going to just leave him open under the basket one-on-one -on -one, they're going to get him the ball and let him beat the lakers till the lakers adjust and then that just opens things up for the rest of the other guys last last thing at least for me before the break like you you mentioned you know that he can be played off the floor depending on what the other team is doing how hard do you think willie green will work to keep valanchunas on the floor for this matchup and then what is the most effective way for the lakers to play him off if that's what they really want to do 
Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to play him off, you have to attack him in the pick and roll. He's not a good pick and roll defender. So spamming that just right at him is a way to get him taken off the court. I don't think that's what the Pelicans necessarily want to do. I think they view him as a guy that you can run their offense through. Can spring Zion for buckets, Ingram for buckets too. But they don't mind if he's off there. They don't have Larry Nance Jr. That's like the one significant injury for the team right now. They like playing small closing games with him, but they're also running Zion at the five and putting a bunch of shooters around Zion. On. And when you have Trey Murphy, who's going to be a 40% shooter this season on volume, same with, you know, uh, CJ McCollum. And what shocked me the most in the win over the Kings was Brandon Ingram took six threes. He made three of them. And all three of those were off of dribble handoff actions with Zion. So if you put shooters around Zion, it just opens things up so much. So if you do play Valanciunas off, a shooter is going to be coming in. It's going to be a small ball lineup. That's at times, tough to defend, I think, for most teams. Now, their defense is terrible, so you need to be able to score, and LeBron and AD can do that against this team when they're playing super small. But you're going to have to keep up almost every single possession there, and so I think the Pelicans can view that as a strength of theirs, too. You mentioned Trey Murphy, and I want to talk a little bit about just how he's looked since he's been back, because I think he's a really underrated part of this Pelicans team, and also a particular part of the Pelicans' defense that I think will really need to show out if they want to end up beating the one and a half point spread from our friends at FanDuel and actually getting to the finals. So we will talk about that coming up next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more than or less than on two to six players, their stats projections, watch the winnings roll in up to 25 times your money. And with basketball in full swing, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League created specifically for projections that include two or more players from different sports leagues, for example, LeBron, Travis Kelsey, 10 and a half combo of three-pointers made and receptions with the prize picks reboot policy. This is key. Your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for NFL games, NBA games. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half because of injury, doesn't return in the second, that player gets rebooted. And prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform anywhere, anywhere injury insurance. That is huge. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Reminder the Lakers play the Pelicans tonight at 6 p.m. Pacific time. The Lakers trying to punch their tickets to the finals in Vegas, the in season tournament. Catch every basket of the Lakers' hometown broadcast with. Sirius XM on the SXM app, search Lakers. So Trey Murphy missed um, a big chunk of the season to begin. How, how has he looked since he started and what's been the effect of having him back overall on the team? He looks good. He's only played two games. So there's only so much to read into this right now, but he looks good. The first game back, he hit four threes. That'll work. That's what, what he's there to really try and do to try and come out and space the court. But he's just added so much to his game. You know, he was in the dunk contest last season, so he can put the ball in the court and drive to the basket, attack bad closeouts, things like that. He was three of eight from deep against the Sacramento Kings. This is a guy that is not scared to take shots. He's not scared to take deep shots too. He'll rip 30 foot 
three-pointers without any sort of hesitation with good size. He, you know, he's 6'9", six, 6'10", six, somewhere in that range. Plays good enough defense, helps them with rebounding. It's just an offensive threat and a guy that they were missing. This was a team, the Pelicans, that wanted to shoot more threes this year. They haven't been doing that because C.J. McCollum had been hurt, Trey Murphy had been hurt. But in two games for Trey, it looks like he hasn't missed a beat. You're already seeing instant chemistry between him and Zion out there on the court. He is just that like safety release valve for Zion. Zion's operating from the three-point line, starts to drive. If it's not there, he's looking for Trey, and Trey's already been assisted on. I think in that game where he went four of ten, three of them came off of Zion Dimes. Like that'll work. That's exactly what the Pelicans need. This is a guy that, you know, can score it. Almost all three levels, the mid-range quite isn't there, but he can get to the basket. He can shoot threes. He's got good size. Just kind of like perfect player for this Pelicans team right now. And then also both of these teams look to get to the free throw line a lot. They're both good at doing it. The Lakers are extremely good at keeping teams off the free throw line. How good are the Pelicans in terms of keeping opponents off it? Because that that could be a really big thing in this in this game in terms of how these teams go about trying to score. You know, they're about middle of the pack. You know, when they run Herb Jones and Dyson Daniels out there together, I don't think we'll see Dyson Daniels too much. I don't know. They're just very good at slowing down and mucking up opponents' offenses without fouling. You know, Herb Jones does that. It allows Zion to roam a little bit, similar to like what LeBron James does at times for the Lakers too. Then he can just kind of hunt for steals, things like that. And then this team wants to get out and run in transition. There are moments though, and this might be the key to this one, where Herb Jones the past couple of games has gotten into foul trouble in the first half needed to sit makes him a little bit more tentative in the second half for whatever reason he doesn't get a very you know healthy good whistle from the officials here if he's in foul trouble early and i would assume the lakers are going to almost not hunt him necessarily but see if you can get him to pick up one or two little kind of cheap fouls that like significantly in my opinion changes the complexion of this game because the the Pelicans would lose, you know, not a great defensive team, and you lose what Jones offers. Yeah, I mean, it's that, you know, he's the wing stopper, right? This is the guy that is their best defensive player and can just mess up anybody. Like, it's, it's uh, you know, again, I'm being a little bit biased in homers, right? But like, he should be in the running and should have been in the past couple of years on the all-defensive teams. He's that good with some of the things he does. The steals and the blocks. This guy blocks an uncanny amount of three-point attempts, which is not something you normally see in the NBA at those these sorts of levels. You won't have so, much of that going on against the Lakers. <laughs> so, you know, the fact that he can kind of be a lockdown defender, and I don't know, you know, I don't know if they're going to put him on LeBron James to start. That's what I was going to ask. I'm not sure where they're going to throw him. They throw him kind of everywhere. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if he starts on Russell um, necessarily, right? Like, that seems to make a little bit more sense. Might be a little bit safer for Herb Jones to start on there, too. And you put Ingram on LeBron James, kind of knowing that LeBron is going to go and get his, especially in an elimination game when he's stepping up. The, the, the only thing about that that's interesting here, and, and Andy, maybe comment, too, like, this is where... Those opening matchups are intriguing, especially related to LeBron, because LeBron doesn't typically come out of the gate of these games like like gunning. He he doesn't typically put a ton of pressure on defenses early. That said, this is a different kind of game. This is in Vegas, where LeBron said he's looking forward to bringing his team one day. Uh, he didn't mean this one. He meant the one he owns. Um, so, like... The Vegas environment is something special and different to him. 
What are you thinking Andy LeBron is going to do in this first quarter? Because he, he will often kind of lay back. And if that's the case, you don't necessarily need Herb Jones on him. Well, I, I was going to, I mean, before even getting into that, I actually think that Herb Jones is a logical cover for D'Lo because mm-hmm. I think Herb is the type of defender that sometimes gives D'Lo fits. And, you know, when, when you've seen D'Angelo Russell's uh, struggle sometimes, it is often against those type of really good defensive guards because D'Lo doesn't have the type of athleticism or speed. You know, he's not somebody that's going to blow by you. You know, he's really good at just probing and picking his spots. And, he, you know, he tries to outthink the game. But that's going to be a really – that to me feels actually like a very logical starting spot for Jones. So curious to see if you predicted this right, Jake. As far as LeBron goes – I expect him to follow a lot of what he's been doing so far all season. I mean, you know, the game against the Suns, you know, might not have been in Vegas, but it was just as important if you want to go to Vegas. And it didn't feel like LeBron was playing in any way out of what has been established character for Mm -hmm. this season. And, you know, I think it's also very important often to just get AD off to a really big start. And by the way, it's another reason to put, Herb Jones on D'Lo because very often AD's great starts directly involve D'Angelo Russell because nobody on this team, whether you're talking eye test anecdotally or just look up the stats on NBA.com, nobody on this team passes to Anthony Davis more than D'Lo. Like, frankly, it's not even close. So if Herb Jones messes that up for D'Lo, it doesn't just mess up his individual game. It actually could mess up some of what goes on with AD. That's key, right? Like AD's had good games against the Pelicans anytime he's played them since the trade. So I think slowing him down for New Orleans is really going to be up there. One, just for like pride. I still think as an organization, you know, they don't like the way his exit happened. And so I would be shocked. They needed that's a what different I think shirt. they're going to do. Yeah, different shirt, right? We're gonna be help. curious to see what he what he wears to this game here. It's um, he I, I think should wear the same. That's all, folks. Shirt. I mean, like as long as you're gonna be hated, lean into it. Just go for it, right? Like, trust me, they're not. I don't think that love's ever gonna come back here in New Orleans for him. So yeah, you may as well get go full on villain route with it all. But um, yeah, I expect Herb Jones on D'Angelo Russell. I expect Brandon Ingram on LeBron to start. You know, we'll see. I'm going to be curious, depending on how it goes, if you see more Dyson Daniels, because that's two very good defenders the Pelicans can throw at kind of the point of attack, which sounds like a pain if I were playing against this team. So it'll be interesting to see if the rotation changes for Willie Green, if it's just going to be mainly those eight guys they did before, if he adjusts it a little bit too. But if they can get Herb Jones in some foul trouble early, like all of a sudden kind of the floodgates open for the Lakers, they're going to score more. The Pelicans can't get out and run in transition where they're pretty deadly. And all of a sudden, then it feels like New Orleans could be on the back foot last yeah. question oh go ahead Andy. real yeah. quick last question i have is there an x-factor guy that you look at for the pelicans yeah i think i'd say trey like i'd say it'd be trey murphy who we talked about earlier right like this is a guy who had a 40 point game last season against the clippers like he's very capable of going off he's been a starter he knows how to do that role he looks fully healthy i don't think he's on as much of a minutes restriction as he was for these first couple of games so i think they're going to look to unleash him and i think he's going to have the green light to take as many threes as he wants so if he has one of those games where he goes seven for ten eight for ten from three something like that right Doors, he's done it. He's done it a couple <laughs> times. That kind of like blows blows things wide open. Then, and it's just going to make it so much easier for a guy like Zion to work because he needs the space. You know, you don't 
not double Zion, right? For a guy that shoots 72% at the rim, you need shooter. It's the equivalent of like 47%, something like that from three. Those guys don't really like exist in the NBA. You need shooters to make teams pay for double teaming Zion, not to necessarily space the court for him because I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Trey's one of those guys that will absolutely make teams pay. So if he's left open, I'm going to be curious to see what he's going to be able to do. Um, my last question is really about Zion as he relates to these other stars. Like when you look at the stars of this game, um, you know, this is not to do the the Halliburton story again from the from the beginning of the show, but like to some degree, that's kind of the opportunity. Zion's a little high more high profile than Tyrese Halliburton, but it's not exactly been all over national TV since um you know, since his career started, because he hadn't played much. That's it, but yeah. His numbers, especially over the last, you know, five, ten games have been insane. Um, I what is the thing that sticks out like when because Lakers fans have, you know, most people haven't seen a ton of Zion. So when when you when he's playing well and healthy, what is it that sticks out about him in a matchup of stars where LeBron is one of the other stars, where Anthony Davis is one of the other stars? You know what Zion's going to do in this game. He's he's going to go to his left and he's going to try and score at the rim. The Lakers, you and I know this, which means the Lakers know this, right? Like all of the fans watching this game are going to know this immediately that this is what Zion's doing. And he still does it at an insanely high rate. Again, 72% at the rim this season, I think is what he's scoring with everyone knowing what he's doing. He is quicker than people realize. Look, you know, jokes get made about his weight and all of that. He is lightning fast when he wants to be with some of those kind of like quick, short burst movements and he can go score and he's crafty around the rim. He's going to remind you at times of like a big man version of Kyrie Irving with some of the finishing that he has. And that's how he dominates the game. You know, I hear a lot of uh, Pelicans fans saying like he needs a jumper. He needs a mid-range shot. Not when you're shooting 72% at the rim, even when teams know that you're doing it. Just go and do the thing you're really good at. Everyone knows this and no one can stop him. So that's why you've got to commit like two, three, four defenders at times to try and do it. So it's going to be about getting Zion going early. And if you can, like, Look out because he's capable of going for 30, 40 on any given night, I think. I am super excited about the way that this tournament shook out. I am a, a big fan of any Lakers-Kings game, but I just saw a couple of those, and now I want to see the Lakers against the Pelicans, especially a full a full Pelican squad, as full as it's going to get, and the Lakers as full as it's going to get uh, in terms of meaningful players for a little while. Um, Jake Madison, he is the host of Locked on Pelicans, uh, thanks so much for for being our guest. Um, <laughs> thank you, and thank you again to all the any Pelicans fans who uh, accidentally wandered over here um, because you know Jake. Co yes, comment yeah. down below and tell him how much you love Anthony Davis. <laughs> Locked on Lakers write a, man, on write a manifesto about it. <laughs> Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go hang out uh, with uh, many, many, many thousands, twenty-two thousand Lakers fans, and maybe some Pelicans fans now as well. Uh, they do pop up periodically. Um, this is going to be a great game. We will be back to talk about it on Friday.